Welcome to the Dead Format, episode 141. My name is Ian McEwen, and I'm getting back into the swing of things with my co-host Tom Smiley, and we're here to talk about Legacy. With a very special friend who played Legacy last weekend, maybe won a tournament. Oh, shit. Well, so what happened was last week we had we were talking on our podcast, we... uh drop some names as we usually do one of which was uh rodney bedell and we're gentlemen so we follow the mla debate format where if someone's name gets mentioned they have a right to respond so what i said was rodney was a you know a cool guy uh you know he has upstanding character let's say so rodney do you have anything to say oh, to uh, refute this i'd be coming here to disagree with all of that okay yep <laughs> i have no arguments uh, all right. The words so the up? words were definitely uttered that Rodney Bedell is a cool guy. That was said last week. I heard that. <laughs> so we have at least three people listening to our podcast confirmed. There's more. I, uh, There's more. I heard from three of them. Uh, yes. Uh, James, shout out, yeah. shout out a message. We're going to be talking to him soon. Robert Wilson and Matt Brusso said that since you are back in the area, if you ever want to draft Vintage Cube, then we should all get together and draft Vintage Cube. I wanted to make sure that that offer got floated out there, too. Oh, sick. Yeah, speaking of James, uh, did his episode, has his newest episode come out yet? I don't know if you if you follow it. I haven't seen, but uh, he's got something coming out soon that's really, like, I don't want to say the highest production quality Magic podcast I've ever heard, because, like, LR is pretty high production quality right but it's up there bro it's like fucking 10 out of 10 phenomenal and so. you don't want to spoil the guest no I, I don't want to spoil the guest okay but i i heard the uh version 1.2 edit and it was it was uh phenomenal so all right i am definitely going to be keeping an eye out for that for sure yep so yeah rodney you play magic bro what's up I did play Magic. I even I even won a few matches of Magic. So where where are you playing? Uh, I was playing at the uh, the Star City Games Con in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Ooh, the real deal. Sure, I'm sure all of us old Magic players are very familiar with the Pittsburgh Convention Center. Oh yeah, and the West End that's right there. I've had some legendary stories at the. Uh, yep, things happen there. Mm-hmm. Now, so what'd you... oh, okay, sorry. No, you, you listen, because I, I, I saw Twitter, so I know the story behind this, because there's a little bit more. There is this, a little bit more to this story. Yeah, than, than just Rodney winning the tournament. So, there was there were two Legacy 5Ks this weekend. No, in between was the Team Sealed tournament. Um, but there was a Friday Legacy 5K, and there was a Sunday Legacy 5K. Now, Michael Mapson our good friend from uh, the Dark Depths podcast, uh, he entered the five, the Friday Legacy 5K. He really, really wanted a trophy because he, I don't think he's had a trophy yet. He's had a second-place Grand Prix finish, but no like physical trophy. And so he played his Legacy 5K and made it all the way to the finals before the convention center kicked everyone out. Oh. So, so he and his finals opponent had to pick a later date to finish their match. And so, and because Mapson was playing in the team seal tournament on Saturday, he couldn't do it Saturday. 
So they ended up battling Friday morning, and Mapson emerged victorious Friday morning at like, I don't know, this must have been like 9.40, and the new, um, the Sunday 5K started at 10 o'clock, and so I was digging through my cars looking for a legacy deck. I found a Delver deck, um, except the Delver deck only had sideboard cards for the mirror, because we had built this Delver deck. Uh, a couple weeks ago in Dallas, so I could do a Delver mi- Mirror Money match. So I was just missing like 10 sideboard cards. Like I had Meltdown, Surgical Extractions. I just had none of that. And so that was not playable. And Mapson had just finished his finals match. So I asked 10 minutes before the tournament, hey, can I borrow your deck? And so he gave me his deck. And I entered in this Legacy 5K with Michael Mapson's Green White Reclaimer Dark Depths deck that had just won a Legacy 5K. And then, you know, I, I played my five matches. I won all five of my matches. Uh, took, I drew around six, and then I, I ended up winning the tournament with his same pile of cards. That Bro, that's it. insane. Holy shit. What was his record? Do you know? Was it, so was the deck undefeated all weekend? was the same, weekend? 5-0 and then drawing the Wow. Deck. Damn. And it was green-white reclaimer, you said? It was green-white with uh, three pyroblasts in the sideboard. Gotcha. Holy shit. That's awesome, bro. And so his deck won two Legacy 5Ks in the same day. And a combined, like, 16-0, and 0, right? So what's your, like, experience level with the deck? Like, I'm sure you played against it, but have you played with it before? Um, I, so I played in uh, SCG Philly. This was in uh, February, I think it was, uh, another Legacy 5K. I played... I got 11th place with my own take on green-white depths, which had uh, four Urza Sagas in it, which, instead of Mox Diamonds, yeah, uh, which are horrible. I, I really, after, not after that tournament, but after the tournament after that, I was really put off of Urza Saga in this deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, I ha- like, I got 11th place in that Legacy 5K. Oh. So I definitely, like, have... A, have a few a fair amount of games under my belt with the cards Elvis Reclaimer and Night of the Reliquary. Yep. And I'm also, you know, I'm a legacy boomer, so I know how these cards work. Yeah, and that's now, not like a combo. Uh, go ahead, Tom. Oh, no, I was about to say that uh, when you played in the tournament in early February, I think it was like second week of February in Philly, you were like not about Urza Saga at all. Now, did your opinion on that change this weekend? Um, because Mapson's, Mapson's list, uh, oh, never mind. I'm looking at your list from Philly and I yeah. saw the four Urza saga and I thought that I was looking at your list. You have too many legacy finishes in the last, yeah. um, the last <laughs> so I think recent. Saga was actually, Saga was okay for me in February. It was also pretty good for me at, I think I played some NRG tournament in Chicago in October and mm-hmm. did okay with Saga. But then I think it was the team open, maybe a team energy in Chicago, where I played. No, I don't. I don't know what it was. It was some tournament where I played against Eli Cassis, and I attacked him with my own. I had Eli Cassis elemental tokens as star stars. Those were my constructs. <laughs> um, but so this was after the Ragavan banning, and I was just like. That day, I was playing Urza Sagas, and I was just getting attacked, destroyed in the air by Dragon Rage Chandler plus Delver of Secrets. Mm-hmm. And, like, 
Wasteland was extra good against me because I was slow, very slow because I had Sagas instead of Mox Diamonds. And I would, that is the tournament that completely put me off of Saga forever. And this weekend playing with Mox Diamond, actually, uh, Mox Diamond is really, really good. And I should just pay the $1,500 for three Mox Diamonds. Yeah, I, well, I had a buy. My, my collection did not fully borrow them from, oh, from oh, the yeah, deck that he had built. Uh, the yeah. Mox Diamonds did not end, end up in the pile of cards that uh, you're, you were sorting right before we called you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, so the I played in the team tournament two two weeks ago three weeks ago at TJ's and uh, I lost in the Swiss to a version of this deck and uh, it, it had Saga but it also had Mox Diamond and like the explosive plays of being able to turn one Mox Diamond into Sylvan Library is just yeah. like so I, I brutal exactly. with this deck there are so many good um, things that you can accelerate into and like obviously Mox Diamond is fixing and everything. And I think maybe Mox Diamond gets a little bit... Actually, it gets a lot worse in the prismatic ending meta because having uh, having ending just be able to take out a Mox Diamond is is uh, pretty devastating. I think that's fine, though, because, like, you really just want it as a Lotus Petal effect. And, like, if they're ending your Diamond instead of your creature, that's, like, kind of great. True. I, I mean, like, like yeah. Guys I guess... out of it playing a Sylvan Library or a Knight. True. Um, notably, it Mox Diamond this weekend did make it easy for me to cast Pyroblast, which was great. And it also let me pretty consistently not have Forests in play, so I could very skillfully play around Submerge. And that was definitely a super relevant factor in my uh, quarterfinals match against Scarlet Chen where she just had a submerge in her hand the whole game, and I just did not have forests in play. Wow. But I had a Mox Diamond that was making me green mana. That's yeah, very nice. nice. I've always been a fan of the Mox Diamond builds, so I'm, I'm totally on board with this. I'm just looking at this list now. I hadn't seen Outland Liberator in a, in a deck list before. Yeah. Um, that's like... It's like the cheapest thing you can green sun for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's cool. I, it's, uh, I, I see why it's there and everything. But other than that, it looks like, you know, since Endurance came around. Oh, you have the, the Cradle, too, I guess. The, no, there's uh, no Cradle in this deck. The green uh, Herborg. The, yeah, the, the all laser oh, yeah, forest, the Herborg green one. Yeah, yeah. That card's pretty good. That lets me yeah. sacrifice flagstones to neither reliquary. I like that a lot. Yeah, for sure. And it makes some um, obviously dark depths happen for mana is extremely good. Now, Ian, you had mentioned uh, a card that I didn't see on Rodney's deck list when I looked through it. Um, what was that cheap green sun target that you guys were just talking about? Because I don't see it. Oh, in the sideboard, Outland Liberator. It's from one of the Innistrad sets. I just never thought oh, of it as a okay. legacy card. Like, when I drafted this set, it never clicked in my head that this was, you know, an instance of something that didn't have a better version or whatever. Oh, I got you. Uh, just sort of Pride Mage-ish, but a little bit easier to cast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you can flip. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, did, I definitely didn't notice that. Were you going to say something about it, Rodney? Oh, it transforms. I, I think I've had yeah. the other side of it in play in modern, maybe, against Urza Saga decks. 
and that's definitely very nice. Sick. Yeah, it definitely has some upside. Like I can I can see playing it over Prime Mage in this deck. You know, maybe not like a Maverick, a straight Maverick build, or mm-hmm. maybe maybe even in a Maverick build though. Exalted yeah, that, that is trigger nice. that trigger on attack is really nice. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, mean your combination of Prime Mage and Trigon Predator only it's one color. Play- yeah. Why not? Yeah, so what I was going to say, we talked last week about, um, you know, the the combo decks that were good against Delver. Remember, Tom? Yes. And like, uh, this was one of the ones we specifically said, like, these are what's sort of coming up. Yeah, and I was what I was going to say, too, was, like, this is, you know, Rodney, you said you did have some experience with this deck, but this is as close to a combo deck, I would say as I would feel comfortable, like, playing. Like, a lot of this deck just makes sense. Like, if you've played Maverick before and you've played against Dark Depths decks, like, you know, there's there's always, like, the, the tricks and, like, knowing which hands to keep stuff. But this is, like, a... Uh, it's, it's playing magic enough that it doesn't feel like a combo deck where you need to have, you know, a thousand reps with it or whatever, right? Yeah, I mean, I definitely won some games just attacking with, like, 10-10 Nidoqueries, which I know you like doing. Yeah, yeah, I no, think for every, sure. I think everybody here likes doing that. I, I like doing that. If you guys yeah. like doing that, then everybody here likes doing that. I'm going to go away now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. Oh, three Sylvan Libraries, too. And I, oh, no, you were running someone else's deck. Did you have the Legends with Sylvan Libraries or not? Yeah, he did. He did. Oh, sick. He, he's, he even um, he finished up, he got his uh, FPB Plateau this weekend. Ooh, very nice. So the deck is uh, pretty complete. Yeah. Oh, that's sick, dude. What uh, what are those going for these days? I don't, I don't even know. Probably like three or four hundred. Yeah, imagine. I just, I don't know, man. The art, like, I, I'm, I'm very partial to my unlimited plateaus. Yeah. I like that putting this deck together gives everybody like a place to park their non-blue dual yeah. lands. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like you open up your trade binder or your like your cards that you aren't playing, and you see your plateaus and your savannas and your tigers, and you're like, like I don't want to get rid of them, but when am I ever going to play these? And then well, you look at this, and you're like, a big reason I want to build Maverick, right? So I can yeah. put Scrubland and Bayou in a deck. Yeah, just to just yeah. to get some use out of them. The cradles are the only things that I need, and I guess Tower of the Magistrate I would need. Yeah. Oh, I have that from like together. back back in the day, Stoneblade days. That uh, yeah, is that is that in the sideboard for Caldra, or uh, that, it is it is for Caldra, and also it is for attacking through uh, Scythopter tokens. Okay, and like thought monitors and whatnot. Okay. Nice. Yeah, it makes sense. Paradox Zone is that like the new, uh, the new version of what the what the hell is that card called? The EDH card. That is the EDH card. Oh, I, this is definitely an EDH card. Yeah, but like I'm thinking of the one from Zendikar. Breeding something or. I don't know. I should just read this fucking card. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, trying to be lazy about so actually this, reading it. So this is, like, a... I don't know. When I read this, I'm trying to figure out what, like, what's going on with it. Is this just, just, like, an extra big, finisher for, like, a Jeskai control deck or something like that? Or what? what's it in there for? 
So I think it was put in there to beat the prismatic ending control decks because they can't prismatic ending it. Okay. Um, it's it would have been good against my. I think I brought it in against my Grixis finals opponent because mm-hmm. it's just they don't have a way to interact with it. But I don't think I like it anymore because all the Uro decks have like two copies of Boseju and Life from the Loam as they should, and Boseju just blows it up. Yeah, I was trying to I was trying to think about like when you would want to bring that in. Obviously, like. It's a it's a hard to remove finisher against the slower decks, um, but in the tournament that I played in, I know it was just a team event. There seemed to be quite a bit of just guy control, and online there's a lot of that that has been popping up. So that was probably like the matchup that I was thinking about when I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. I I, I can see why you were playing it, but the Besaidu problem is is definitely real. There's there's more main deck disenchants than ever. How many how many times during the day do you get to resolve a choke against a blue opponent? Uh, I believe twice. I definitely resolved it against Scarlet in the game three that I won. Wow. That's how a, close it's how a, close to the end of the day was it? Those quarterfi or semifinals, right? Those quarterfinals, yeah. Or, no, yeah. I mean like when when you finished, were were you like getting kicked out again? Oh no, I wasn't getting kicked out. Um So if we got kicked out at like it must have been like nine or ten. I, I probably finished a couple hours before that, but I was still like not a couple hours, like one hour before that, but I was still so the venue was mostly empty. But I was, was still waiting around a while for modern to finish because uh one of the people who was in my Airbnb lent a modern deck to the person who ended up winning the modern five K. Damn. So like we went to dinner and he was still playing, and then we came back from dinner and he was still playing and we had to wait for him to finish. Did That's you guys fly enough. fly down there, or did you drive? Uh, I flew. I flew back Monday morning, uh, but my friend all my friends all drove from Baltimore, so they were like waiting before they could drive back. Yeah, nice. that that like flight puts you. You would think that it would put you closer to where the actual venue is, but it's like a half an hour, forty five minute drive from the airport to the to the convention center, and that like I don't know that always throws me off. Uh, so there was someone on my flight um, in who was going to the event, and I'm, he was he got off slightly before me because I was way in the back, and I'm pretty sure he took like a forty dollar Uber to the venue, and then I took a three dollar bus to the venue. <laughs> that's the, that's definitely the value play. I've been I've been on the Uber on the Uber side of it for sure. But uh, dude, in DC I took a hundred dollar Uber to the fucking hotel. That was brutal. Oh, that's that sucks. Yeah. Uh, are you going to the pit event, Rodney? I will find a way to go to the pit event, yes. All right. I am definitely going, and I'm not sure whether or not I'm flying or driving. I but... think that's a nasty drive. I know. I've, I've done it before, though. It's like nine hours. That's um, nasty. That's horrible. I've done, yeah, I don't know. I've done Columbus solo, and it wasn't that bad. That's Fucking hell. you I thought for sure you were gonna about about to say you were driving, Tom. I was I was debating driving. Like I got a new car and everything. I like road trips. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely gonna be going to the pit. I'll probably end up flying just because Rodney's correct that nine hours is a brutal drive. But I'm I'm 100% gonna be there. Actually, flying's a lot better um, out of Boston. I keep forgetting. There, there's probably direct from Boston to Richmond, right? Probably. Maybe just don't don't try to book JetBlue. 
I've heard yeah. horror stories with people trying to get on there now. Oh no! What do you mean? Uh, they like they don't have enough staff to man their their flights, so they've been like canceling a significant number of the bookings that they've had, leaving people like no, like with no flights. Really? Yeah. I hadn't heard that at all. That's that's crazy. I th- I think it's I think it might be local to Boston. Maybe it's not local to Boston, but it's definitely a JetBlue thing. Let me make sure that I'm not slandering JetBlue uh, for for no reason. You're probably right, but I I just hadn't heard that. Yo, Sylvan Safekeeper is a fifteen dollar card now. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's what old, the fuck? right? I know uh, I know that I have that too. Sylvan Safekeeper single-handedly makes the Death and Texas matchup like unlosable. It's a really good card. I'm just like it seems to me like the kind of card that would have uh, been reprinted into the ground. It was reprinted once. Right. Now, how how does it make it unlosable? I I know that like it protects your knight and it protects your reclaimer and you can use it to like protect your merit lage. I guess the, the death and taxes that, decks are that, running that's 80. That's how it makes it unlosable, yeah. Yeah, but like they still have uh, swords and glor- uh, the new solitude, like. They yeah. and flicker wisp. And they those ha- cards don't function because you have a self and safekeeper in play. And wait, okay, all right. Like I, I don't know. Unlosable, unlosable is a might be a stretch. But I haven't played that matchup, so I don't know. You won the tournament with it, so you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my yeah, so I played. This would have been um, the Energy Chicago. Yeah, my death and ta- my death and taxes teammate could not possibly beat Green White because of self and safekeeper. Wow. I mean, I can see how that works. Like, they'd have to have more answers than you have, you know, Lance. Lance. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it seems unlikely, you know, on a twenty-eight land deck. That they're gonna get ahead. They'd have to play a vial on one, have a flicker wisp in hand, and have you go for a merit lage, and then have like two or three plows. So yeah, it's like yeah. I was th- I was thinking about like the total amount of removal the death and taxes deck must have, but then uh, I was doing the total removal math based off of like a normal sixty card deck, and now they play they play eighty. So you're you are probably right. Plus that one copy is like five copies with Green Sun, so that's uh, yeah. that's definitely something to consider. Yeah, that's pretty sick. I would say that this this weekend has been consistent with my um, my opinion over the past year or so that Green is just really really good in Legacy, and people are still playing blue decks because that's what they know and they're boomers and it's easy. But Green is busted. Well, you can play blue. I don't want to blow people's minds, but you can play blue and green. Yes. Together. I know this I doesn't think, do that, but I. There. I. I mean, that's like the green, the Yorian Green Sun Zenith pile that McWinsauce won the uh, Mox, the Legacy Mox qualifier with. Yep. Yeah, I just I think Green Sun Zenith is incredible. It's yeah. so it's so good. I mean, I, I put together a brainstorm Green Sun Zenith brew and got second place in the Legacy Challenge a year or so ago, a couple of years ago, I don't know. Yeah, there there was always the tension between, like, Green Sun and Blue Count for Force of Will, 
But Wizards yeah. keeps on printing like great toolbox green cards. And Elvish Reclaimer, I know that's not a new printing. It's from M20. Uh, but it's it just like giving yourself four extra Knight of the Reliquaries definitely makes a difference. Yeah. It'll always be new to me. Elvish Reclaimer. Yeah, what, oh, qual- what qualifies as new in Legacy? Like, what's the set where people are like, okay, that's a new that's a new card? I don't know. Maybe... Khan's a Tarkir. Yeah. Khan's, uh... Whenever that, like, you know, the foil hollow stamp comes about. Anything that's in Pioneer is now considered new in Legacy? No, I think Ravnica is still... Like traditional, right? Well, abrupt decay, yeah, that, yeah. Like, yeah, death rate. Well, obviously not death rate, but. Right. I just said that because I don't know what sets are in Pioneer. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah, it's kind of weird. They should have just done Pioneer as like the sets with, uh, you know, starting at Origins or whatever, but they started at Return to Ravnica. Yeah, having it be all the hollow stamped cards could have been a really good. Uh like way to separate it too yeah it just makes sense and then their whole reason for doing it was that so they could run it like in theory run the cards through a machine and have it read them because they were all like the uniform pseudo barcode on the bottom oh okay i got you but then they just added in two blocks that weren't part of that so um okay so like rodney about the tournament what's the what's the best like, what was the best gameplay matchup that you had? Like, looking like, back on the tournament, like what? Which what was one the were most you fun? Well, maybe not the most fun, but most like, yeah, the most interesting. Uh, definitely my match with Scarlet. Um, I don't, I don't. This all of the games sort of run together. Um, we definitely went to game three, um, but like game three, I was like. She, I think she revealed a submerge to a Delver when I had like two or three forests in play and just didn't fire it off on my Elvish Reclaimer because, you know, she wanted to save it for a Marilage, but I was just like sacrificing my forests to put, um, to put like extra planes into play. Um, I was building up wastelands because she had two wastelands in play, so I had to have two wastelands in play. Um, and at one point, I, endurance myself so I could put more non-forest lands back in my deck so I could search for them and like have a blocker against this Delver and then like and there was just like a ton a ton of back and forth like I think I like made a dark gap I made a 20 merit lage and then got it bounced so I had to go again later so this was just like a 10 or 15 turn match against against Delver which you know, this is supposed to be like kind of a fast matchup. Like I'm, I mean, I, I want to be making a fast 2020. She wants to be killing me as fast as possible, and we just ground out an extremely long game that, with a ton of back and forth. Yeah, at the beginning of the cast when you were talking about like being a sicko and sacrificing all of your forests to play around submerge, I was like, wow, like I never would have thought about that. And then it got flipped off the Delver. But now everybody who's listening, the four people that are listening. Remember when you play that matchup that you it doesn't matter if the submerge is flipped off the Delver, just play around it anyway. So yeah. 
Yeah, I, I've definitely noticed in some of the matches that I played against this deck that uh, when Reclaimer gets going uh, and Knight gets going, Knight less often because Knight, when this happens, uh, just wins the game on its own. But the deck like runs out of runs out of good fetchable sources. Not mm-hmm. runs out of sources, but like there's a ton of fetch lands in there. There's lots of combo pieces that you don't necessarily want to get. So when you're kind of churning through the other stuff, um, the endurance to to recycle those things is actually like really relevant. That's also um. I also I noticed after the tournament that like. I like. I, I wasn't really sure about having just one single Boseju in the deck because there's no way to like put it into your hand. There's no real way to loop it. You're not playing Loam or anything like that, yeah. But it is just a green source that isn't a forest. Yeah. And, like that. That is useful. That comes up. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was just thinking. Of, I, I hadn't really thought about the endurance thing, but like you, you can have six wastelands. You can have two Caracases against you know. Yeah. A Merit Lage deck. Like, that's, so that's also huge. a damage excavator in the deck. Right, right, true, true. Which I do love. But yeah, you like, you, I mean, it's what the Bant decks do. You just endurance yourself and you never run out of cards. Yeah, that's, that's actually really good for this deck. That makes, that kind of makes me want to cut another Dark Depths. Yeah, honestly, yeah. The hmm. Cradle, the Cradle of Growths kind of make like, the dark depths issue a little bit better because they can produce mana, but yeah, I I I, I like the three and three split. Yeah. So I think uh, that's all. Congratulations, obviously that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a uh, stone cold killer representing Boston taking it, it down. Is. And I finally have a trophy. Yeah. You know I Very I nice. I'm moving. Friday, uh, what's today? Today's Wednesday. I'm moving Friday. The the movers are coming to take stuff away, and I was like downsizing, and I was separating out the things that I was gonna throw out that like I wasn't gonna bring um, to either the storage unit or the new place that I'm gonna move into. And my trophy was sitting in the throwout pile. And after talking tonight, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna put it in the box, <laughs> and it might stay in that box, but I'm not gonna throw it out. Nice. So, yeah, congratulations, Rodney, obviously, but I think the main reason, you know, what everyone wants to hear from you is what are your specs right now, man? Um, so that's the thing. I don't really speculate. All right. I, I, had, I had a box of Modern Horizons fetch lands, which was a bad speculation. Um, I don't speculate on cards. I just buy cards and then get rid of them all as fast as possible. Okay, but you still you still like know what's going on though, right? I do know what's going on. Um, like I wanted some of that Ledger Shredder, the rare from the new set, and apparently that's worth multiple dollars now. Instead of this weekend, it was like fifteen, like twenty five cents. Oh really? Um, yeah, it's so that's the uh, the two mana bird from New Capenna that whenever anyone plays their second spell in a turn, you can knife. Okay. So it's just like it's a big two mana flyer that also loots, and that's bus- that's really good in Pioneer and Vintage and possibly Legacy. Interesting. But it's also just a basic rare in 
a new magic set, and every single new magic set is the most opened magic set of all time. Yeah, so. yeah. You think that's still true? Like, I, I, I know it was true. Uh, I, I just haven't been paying attention to. Well, it's hard um, to, to hard to really know. Like in COVID days, I'm pretty sure I read this that Kamigawa Neon Dynasty ad was like massively outperformed every other set ever, and I don't really expect that to stop. Like, wow. But like not just digital. So, so like obviously they're they're doing gangbusters digitally. No, also in paper. Okay, interesting. Like I, I, I know this set specifically. Um, everyone I know who runs a store, their pre-releases sold out like on Saturday, and they just couldn't run Sunday pre-releases. Wow. Like, and like this also was the first pre-release I went to in a long time. So. Oh, yo, that's actually I should ask you guys because you you both probably know this. What store should I go to up here? So I'm in Dover, New Hampshire. It's like you know, southern, south, uh, eastern New Hampshire. Um, probably uh, Double Midnight Comics. Maybe Next Gen. I don't know how close Next Gen is. Okay, I haven't been to either of these, so I'll check. I think Next Gen is Pelham, New Hampshire. Okay. And Double Midnight has one in Manchester and in Concord. Oh, really? Yeah, th- neither of those are too far. Interesting. Tom, you have a, you have a recommendation or no? No, so I don't so I've like gone to tournaments in that area. Uh but only for like destination tournaments like there were I wouldn't really like hang out at the stores. I don't really know too many uh places around there. I was just looking at where Dover was. Uh because I might be I might be moving to like the Lowell Haverhill area. So I oh, would okay. be like I might be I might be pretty close up there. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll see how everything settles. I'm pretty sure the game store for Lowell people is uh, Next Gen Comics in New Hampshire. Sweet. Yeah, yeah I, I went to this. I've, I've heard from, good things about Next Gen. What was it called? Chromatic Dragon or something like that? I went to. Uh, remember the Star Cities had like states? I do. I went to one and came in ninth. And I drove Keith wrong, and he ended up winning it. So I had to like, sit there for three hours, and I was like, I'm never coming back to this fucking store. And like, it probably wasn't even that bad of a store. I was just like salty. So that's my only experience with New Hampshire stores. So how is the land of live free or die? Dude, it's it's pretty cool up here. Honestly, there's amazing it's pizza. Very fitting. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did you just say there's amazing pizza in New Hampshire? I yeah, thought every dude. pizza place in New Hampshire was garbage. Are you just used to Ohio pizza and coming yeah, back Yeah, so Ohio, here? dude, everything in Ohio, now that I'm gone, I can say this. <laughs> every kind of food that we got there was shifty. Like, that's not true. There, there, was, there was some stuff that was good, like... For some reason, I'm blanking on it. I'm just thinking of the bad things right now. But like Mexican food, there are no there are no Mexicans or Central Americans in Ohio. There, the pizza was awful. Just like my wife ate sushi. I wouldn't even eat sushi there, but my wife would eat it and complain about it all the time. So up here, the Mexican food is was the worst Mexican food I'd ever had in my entire life. But the pizza's been fabulous, so 
that's really all I have to say. I mean, Dover is just like a sick downtown area. We're just here in the Airbnb for a couple of months, but uh, I'm enjoying it. There's a like a barcade pretty much downstairs for me, so I've been playing pinball a lot. But it, it's pretty sick, man. I, I like it up here. Like I'm, I'm making more money because there's no income tax. Oh yeah, I I 100% forgot about uh forgot about that because I live in Massachusetts. Oh, hold on, yeah. Ian. Yeah. Can I send mail to you and have you mail it to me? <laughs> yeah, you want my Great. address? Great. Uh yeah, no, you can I'll message you. You can send me your address. I just don't want to pay Card Kingdom sales tax ever again. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, that, no, that's cool. We have um at this Airbnb we're at, we have, like, um, a, a key for a mailbox. You know what I mean? So, like, if the package is above a certain size, it gets put into this locked box. And if it's below a certain size, it goes into our locked mailbox. So, it's, like, very safe to send shit here. Unlike Cleveland, where I stopped ordering cards at all. <laughs> because they would just get mangled or, like, stolen, or? Yeah, they just disappear. When, so- uh... When my neighbors got evicted, the the guy actually came over who was, like, cleaning out their house and was like, hey, I found all this mail with your name on it. So. Oh, man. Okay, so listen. Now, I know that you said, like, the food was horrible. Yeah. But now that you're out of Ohio and you're, like, free to talk about it, you've, like, broken out of the Stockholm Syndrome of, like, yeah, like, this, 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 I love, I love this area, the, and all that. Yeah. What's... Just dump on Ohio. No, like, it really go, wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Like, go hard. What was the worst part about living where you were living? It, it really wasn't that bad. Like, it, it was better than I thought it would be. I, I got to be honest about that. Like, everything was a lot cheaper, first of all, which was awesome. Uh, it was It was, like, a great place to spend. Like, while everything was locked down, it was, like, a great place to be because we had this fucking palace, right? And everything was super cheap, and there wasn't anything to do anyway. But then once things started, like, clearing out, you know, like, people were going out again and stuff, then I was like, oh, fuck, what am I doing here? Okay. All right, at least you were in Ohio during the right time then. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And there was, like, like, we went to the Football Hall of Fame. We did did some of the touristy shit when there was, like, six weeks left, you know? And we were, it was, like, pretty nice weather, starting to get nice weather again. So, you know, there's there's stuff to do. It's not as bad. Like, I imagine that there's worse places, right? I, I wouldn't be opposed to to going there again, but I'm definitely happier in New Hampshire. I'll say that much. But, bro, do you remember when we went to uh, the Star City where you won the modern thing? And I gave you those... Uh, reality smashers and thought not seers for your deck yes i still i think i still i don't have that exact eldrazi deck put together but i I said legacy version i said like keep them for gas money or whatever are they are thought not seers and reality smashers like expensive now no Uh, no but they are contraband they are contraband they're contraband yeah those are the, the, the russian copies Oh, oh, okay. Yes, they are. So I'm gonna need those. I'm gonna need those back. Wait a second. <laughs> Star City Games has a sale this week of Russian Renin sex is real cheap. No, really? 
because they don't want they don't want to have Russian cards, I guess. Bro, I, so my Russian Eldrazi deck is like ten cards from complete, and I was just like thinking, I'm probably not ever gonna be able to buy these cards. Like you know, <laughs> once they dry up, they're gonna be dry for a while. So, Tom, if you if you want to trade those into some other language or something, let me know. All right, I will. <laughs> I will. I will dig them up. Actually, I like. I did like the huge. I'm I'm still doing it, and I move on Friday, and I'm not even close to like being able to be done but i stupidly decided to start by going through my magic collection and paring it down so i like spent three or four days over the vacation that i had like trying to trying to pare all of that down so i wouldn't have as many boxes to move dude it makes you feel sick right did you get the sensation uh like what like i've had that feeling for for many reasons, <laughs> many different reasons over the last month or two like which which type of sick feeling like i i can't differentiate anymore when i was leaving uh boston to move to cleveland i did like the pairing down yep. and i would just be like looking at you know 3000 cards from gate crash and you know 2000 cards from dragon's maze or not dragon's maze cuz i just threw those all out but you know what i'm saying and like flipping through that many cards I was just like, I feel so sick, but I have to keep doing this. Yeah, I mean, I like, I filled up Rodney's car. Like, there was a, there was a significant number of cards. Um, it, yeah, how real was Tom's collection, Rodney? Um, so I've only, I've only gone through all the bulk so far. So I like, I emptied out all of the full set binders from like. This has to have been from like 2011 to 2016 or so. Every it was it was it was every set that got released during that time, right? Yeah, there's yeah. like Modern Horizons one. There's Conspiracy. There's Oath of the Gatewatch. Yeah, yeah. That so that was when I was like actively working, uh, like a Grand Prix staff and packs and things like that. So I get paid in boxes uh, when I was working, or I just get to like sort of travel and play in the events. Um, but like I just for all of those sets. Um, I had full set binders put together and everything. And then I sort of like, when, when I moved for, out of Danvers, that's, and I had, when I had James, I just didn't have enough time to keep all that stuff organized. So that's when it just like went, went into boxes. Mm-hmm. So another question actually, Rodney, that I just thought of is what, what was your impression of SCG Pittsburgh? And I guess you've been to other, you mentioned Dallas, right? Yeah, I've been to most of the all of the SCGs um, so far. How have you felt about them? Um, I feel like the like the rooms we're in are smaller. Um, I guess that makes sense because there's like yeah five or six vendors instead of like ten. Um, I don't know. The events are pretty well run. The uh, there were a lot of complaints about the Legacy 5Ks this weekend because they were capped at six rounds. Oh. And so if you went 5-1, like, half of the 5-1s did not top eight. That's brutal. Um, so, I mean, that's really the only complaint I've seen. But I guess, I mean, shit, they, they ran out of time, so it's not like they really yeah, had a like choice, that, right? Like, the, the venue wanted to kick Star City Games out at, like, 10 o'clock, like, pretty early. That's yeah. crazy. Maybe maybe even eight o'clock. I don't know. Yeah, it says on here it says hall hours, and the earliest one is eight o'clock. That's crazy. 
But yeah, I was just curious because like, you know, there's the Star Cities, the the ones I remember, like the earliest ones that were basically like pre-release or not pre-releases, PTQs, you know, like in terms of like the size, there'd be like, you know, that like classic hotel conference room with like two vendors or whatever. Yeah. Oh, those, those must have been like pre-2010. They're like now. That's more like what they're like? Is that what you said? Yeah, so, like, all of the energy tournaments in Chicago, in Mundellin, Illinois, are literally in a Doubletree Hilton. Oh, that's sick. There's something that I like about that. I mean, it it does suck. It's very cozy. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's, like, nostalgia, you know? Like, I I know a lot of the, uh, the Zoomers had been saying that they like... I mean, they just like the energy tournaments. It's a better tournament experience than playing at a Star City. Oh, interesting. Why do you think that is? It's just like a smaller, cozier room. Okay. There's there isn't you know all these commander players playing off in the side of the room. That's a good point. I forgot about those scumbags. <laughs> I really wish you know. Well, whatever. I'll stop now. I had, I, when I was going through my collection, there were some things where I was like, do I sell this? Do I keep it? Like, what do I do with this card? And I had the thought, well, since you're going to have a lot more free time because of things, maybe you'll actually play Commander at a game store <laughs> at some point. So there were some cards I didn't get rid of just for that. I just want to throw it out there before we start Bro. start dropping slurs on all the Commander players that are keeping this game growing. Ian. Bro, so so now that you're... Becoming a commander player is the worst thing that's happened to you all year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That's a, that's, that's a hot take. You, could, you might not be wrong, but that's... Oh, man. So, Tom, now that you're, now that you're separated, have you started talking to, like, any eye ladies or anything? Oh, uh, I don't want to talk about that. I'm like... Like, yeah. I, nope, I'm not. I'm not talking about anything. The market, the housing market. I'm in. I'm in the housing market because uh, I'm trying to find another place, and everything is crazy there. And the the singles market for people people around my age is is not great either. And um, Re- no, is it are you serious housing market, singles market? You ready to go there? Oh yeah. Well, I, I mean, like really. I, yeah, Dude, I, I mean, I, I probably should hit the market after I get in shape and hit the gym this summer, uh, but it's just not—it's not looking great. Wow, that's a bold statement. I always so I got married like right, like when like Tinder was coming out and stuff, you know. Like I I, I was not like prowling in those days, you know. Yeah. No, neither was I. What what year did you get married? Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay, so I was before you. So, don't hold me to that, but I think it was fifteen. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're at forty. There's no way she's gonna listen this far. So, basically, um, I've always wondered, you know, like what what that life was is like. You know what I mean? So it's it's basically like you retired. It, baseball in 93 or whatever like you know steroid era hadn't popped off yet do you, do you follow 
Yeah, no, I get it, but I'm like I'm not I'm not in the prime of my career anymore. You know what I mean? It would be like uh, was Barry Bonds in the prime of his career? Well, I'm in San Francisco. Okay, I you're right. I understand. I get I get what your reference is. And you've been juicing for like two years now, bro. What's your fucking excuse? You're right. Okay, you're right. But actually, Rodney, you um, no, I shouldn't make this joke. I shouldn't make this joke. <laughs> But I know that you uh, you're a reseller and like you specialize in magic. But I have um, I have some wedding rings that I'm looking to lose. <laughs> oh man! That uh, I didn't know I didn't know if you had a guy for. I uh, I'm gonna tell the story because it's brutal. But for Valentine's Day, uh, she she had asked me to get uh, our our wedding ring, her wedding rings resized an engagement ring because she had like lost a lot of weight and was doing a lot better and the rings like didn't fit anymore. And by by the time they came back from the jeweler, it was it was done. So oh, I have man. I have I have some rings I'm looking to unload. So I don't know what the price of gold and diamonds has been. Uh, I don't know lately. if I'm a wedding ring guy, but I probably have like a silver guy. Okay, For well if you if you have a gold and a diamond guy, uh, hit me up. Wow. <laughs> so I did, like, I did bring a bunch of silver coins to an SCG a couple months back, and I did turn them into money. Well, I mean, really? so, oh, not like like silver, half dollar, half dollar, just like silver minted random things, or like what? Um, it was like, so some silver half dollars that are just a half dollar, but also like silver nickels and silver quarters that had like a, a value because of the silver they were made of. How the so, like, fuck I did you end up with, with those? I sat down with one of the vendors and we did just like we weighed all of the silver and he bought my silver. That's pretty sick, bro. Did you, have you heard that nickels are worth like ten cents now? I knew the pennies were worth like two cents. Oh, okay, I didn't know that one. But yeah, I guess because like the the car battery situation. You know, nickels and and the uh, Ukraine thing, right? Is it Ukraine? shrinking? Yeah, the shrinking global trade world, but also just the reality of car batteries in the first place. Nickel was already going up before that. So, yeah, I know nickels are like potentially the new. Actually, Tom, you had a hot take on this. I forgot about this. We talked about this. What What was the hot take? That finally the coins would be in order once nickels pass oh, dimes. Yeah. yeah, like everything. That like, was a great take. It is. It absolutely is because that messes up elementary school kids everywhere learning coin values where it should go biggest to smallest. Like that's that's absolutely how it should work. But are we, when I are heard we... that was like my Jimmy Neutron moment when I heard that I was like, Whoa. <laughs> are we, so we're off recommending Magic Card singles as our specs. We're into pennies, nickels, <laughs> ARs, and not real estate not in Ohio. Is that is that the list that we're on right now? Yeah, I mean silver I, silver is always and like real estate that's not in Ohio. Wait, say it again. I I do like real estate that's not in Ohio. Yes. Right now though? I mean, like, no. Like, is it gonna get better though? Right? Like, I don't, dude, the supply's I think... so low. It costs so much to build a house. 
the Northeast, like, doesn't have a ton of development land. And, like... Corporate, like corporates, corporate entities are like buying buying more houses as investments. Yeah. It just like I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't see a crash or anything coming. I mean, like you might see prices drop a little bit because interest rates might creep up, but that's right. like that's but, that's but, six or a half dozen. All right, right. Like you just refinance when it drops low. Like it doesn't really change how much you're paying per month. I uh, right. I, I don't know. I, I want to rebuy as quickly as I can. And everything is just sort of gross now. Like, what what I paid for our house two and a half years ago now buys less than half of that house. It's just crazy. Yeah, dude. I, I'm thinking what I might do is just buy like a – basically like a – maybe people call this a starter home. I don't know. Just like something cheap. You know what I mean? I mean, like, how three bed, two bath, fifteen hundred square feet, like in New Hampshire? No, like uh, two bed, one and a half bath. Oh, so like condo size, only single family? Yeah, exactly. There's I a lot you. of those in Rochester for some reason, which okay. isn't a town that we want to stay in, but like they're cheap and they're available, and there's like nothing that we're looking for. Like the inventory is just like not there you know yeah so i feel like i might have to just buy something just to buy something because we're paying like four four thousand a month in rent here so obviously this isn't sustainable i thought i'd be able to just find like a you know like a three bed two bath like you were talking about uh in like one of these surrounding towns but they're just not on the market so i don't know man starting to freak out a little bit about it yeah, we uh, we might have to put our house back on the market because we thought we had everything locked up, but the appraisal oh, came back no. way under. So uh, the house sold for just shy of six. The appraisal came back at five one, and the buyers had to find a new lender, get a reappraisal, and we're waiting on that report. And if uh, okay. if it doesn't come back in sort of the right range, then. Um, then we might have to put the house back on the market. And if it comes back at at 50 or above, then I think that we're going to split the difference with the buyers and they're okay with that. But it's like, uh, yeah, they might, they might end up being back on the market uh, in the next few weeks. So we'll see about that. Damn. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Yep. What? So I've, I have a question. This is going back to a couple minutes ago, but is that ring thing is that like customary or did you just like get the mail that day uh wait what do you mean like are you supposed to have her ring or no i so after they came back i was like all right so what do we do with this and she's like just sell it <laughs> i was like oh fuck this is so real. you're so like you're selling it and splitting it no i oh. think i just get to keep it you get to keep it so is that custom or is she just being cool about it? I think she's being cool about it. I don't think that's customary. Yeah, I think she is being cool about that, man. Because yeah. I feel like I, I would have heard about it if that's how it worked. I have an uncle. Actually, this is kind of funny. My biggest, like, fuck up of an uncle. Um, he's been married, like, three or four times. And he was married to this, like, 19-year-old girl. Um, when I was living with him at the time, I was, like, 12. And, uh... They got divorced like a few weeks later and he'd given her 
the ring from his last wife and she threw it at him while they were parked in their car and got out and left and they like she moved out that that was the end of it but he went to sell that car like six months later and he's like i can't sell this car until we find this fucking ring so we tore that car apart dude we took that car like the dashboard we took the dash off like never found the ring all right that makes me feel better about my situation yeah so yeah any anything else uh, <laughs> Rodney, have you had any similar life experiences to that? Has this, no. has this triggered anything? Rodney left. He's like these yeah. these boomers. I can't I can't no, be associated I, with no, these boomers. I have not had any experiences like that. How is how's Boston these days? It's fine. I don't know. I don't really spend a lot of time in the city, Boston. Where do you live? Um, I, so I split my time between going to magic tournaments and my girlfriend's house in West Roxbury. Okay. Sweet. And, you know, like two, maybe two days a month, I'll go back to the house that I pay rent in, in Malden. I can respect the gold digger lifestyle. (laughs) I've been there. (laughs) All right. So you guys want to wrap it up? Yeah, all right. So, uh, Rodney, thanks for coming on. I know we actually, listen, everybody, the com- the comments were, hey, listen, gl- glad you're back, but let's talk more about magic. So I'm, we thank you for coming on so we could talk about we magic. We got the number one fucking guest in the world this week, right? We did. Oh, yeah. Like I, the most I, relevant. The most recent, I have won the most recent magic tournament, therefore I'm the best magic player in the world for the week. Exactly. So, you know, That's eat a that. really good way of looking at it. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know who Leaving a Legacy had on, but uh, I guess you'll find out next because you listen to us first. It's a wrap. <laughs>